So I was just telling Tom, how can I pull that out of Aaron? His, mm. his psychedelic experience. But no, we, we just talk about it's whatever. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything. I was just talking I've, on an intro podcast I'm releasing tomorrow. I'm talking about at uh, one point I had multiple felony charges for marijuana. And it was just something I got like mixed up in, but, um, you know, and everything got dropped and all that stuff. But, uh, I'm just saying that cause I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to hide. Like, I think that having any kind of, any kind of like checkered pass is just interesting. It makes you more human. So we can talk about whatever you want. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you about your podcast and get some tips because the sure. way you interview people, and I think you just said it, like you're so dropped in the moment when you're having a conversation and you seem to like be able to when someone's like explaining something you'll break through and make it really intimate and personal which i like i like watching that um but yeah i guess that's just you have a lot of experience you've been doing it for a while i think it's fucking it up enough times and still micro fuck ups you know they just get narrower and narrower with time um, you know, but I, I spent at least a couple years doing the podcast and really doing my best to assert that I was smart enough and, you know, good enough and all that stuff. Um, and then that slowly upon re-listening and hearing how just terrible that was, I have this like amazing, brilliant doctor, whoever on, and I'm like trying to assert that I'm smart to the guy. I'm like, what am I? I'm like wasting everyone's time. You know, so that was, I just had enough like self lashings where it's now I'm way more interested in attempting to create a space for the person to be able to communicate their best message. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. It's like, I'm the host, you're in my house. How do I bring you tea and make you comfortable and set the temperature in a way that you like and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Cause when you do live ones, you do you like have a preparation process with them? I see you do it in that uh, sauna. I'm sure. Is there like breath work involved? It seems like such a facilitated environment to have a really good conversation, like physically. Is and this, everything. Are you recording right now? Because this could be interesting stuff. Uh, we've been are, recording are we the whole time. right now. Okay, cool. I wasn't yeah. sure because I was like, I was like, this is actually I shit that I really enjoy talking about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all set and setting, like in relation to psychedelic stuff, like it's all set and setting, uh, you know, and so a different set or setting will draw out a, a different character type from an individual. So when someone's coming in, noticing the, you know, just even like the texture of a couch, you know, or the temperature of the room, or, you know, there's various different research of, um, I'm spacing the, the term for this right now, it'll probably come to me in a second of uh, when someone is, how their environment forms their perception of the world and forms the shape of their thoughts. You know, if you give some, I'm sure you guys have already heard this before, if you give somebody an, you know, a glass of ice water, they'll, they'll perceive people as being a little bit more cold and withdrawn. If you give somebody, you put somebody's resume on like a, a thick clipboard, you're like, wow, this is a hearty resume. This guy's, he's really got his shit together. You know, so, Anytime you walk into a room, you're being shaped, you know, and so that's something to think about with the conversation. You know, it's in part why I record my podcast in a, in a sauna. You know, so it's like, okay, it's like warm. There's a little bit of pressure almost maybe, you know, or like getting hot, like, you know, we're kind of both 
simultaneously. We just got out of the cold plunge, probably if they're open to it. You know, so we both shared like this peak experience together. We probably did some breath work. You know, so we're just like, you know, we're like rattled up. So whatever our, our consistent kind of ego structure, what are my bullet points to describe the book? That's out the window. You know, and so then I can, I have a running start and then we can start communicating from that. And I also will cut out um, sometimes things that I, I deem like kind of fluffy in the intro of the podcast, you know, so I don't, I don't uh, expose listeners to something, which I'm usually incorrect, probably that people wouldn't want to hear that. But I usually start the episode right where I'm like, okay, this is, this is starting to cut, you know, and that's when I'll, I'll run the episode. Yeah, right in the flow of the actual conversation and not the starting up the engine part. Yeah, right? how's the weather, man? It's crazy. It's windy, huh? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I think oh, a lot oh, of the yeah. comedians are they, they, they're good. They're good at that because you can tell some of the some of the Rogan episodes is just as a as an obvious example. You know, he cuts in or Jamie cuts in, and you can tell that they've already been riffing on something. You know, out the back, or they've maybe they've just been out training or doing some some whatever and then they just they straight in it right so it's not yeah it doesn't have this kind of this cold start that can often yeah i find you sort of when you have these cold starts it's all it's always this question about who are you and what do you do you know that kind of bullshit that, that people don't really want to know yeah they want to sort of get well that's to that that's part of yeah that that's one of the 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 rogan's i mean this is very obvious he talks about it a lot but it's really hard for someone to maintain their anybody can maintain their facade for 45 minutes you know by the end of that you're starting to kind of like oh, okay like the real you is starting <laughs> to come out if you're a little bit more enduring maybe you can go like an hour and a half but then after that like you're you need to get out of your bullet points and, and that's what someone like a comedian is so good at, at doing is um, taking reality so you have reality for what it is i think comedians are some of the smartest people in the world you have reality for what it is and you say cool i've processed that i understand how to process that information now how do i contort it and say maybe what if i go whoo, i twist it to the side and now here's reality let's let's play from that you know and this gets into like martial arts stuff and you know like conor mcgregor would be an example of that where he the way that he fights with people is almost in some senses like a different language than what people are, are accustomed to, to being able to dictate and perceive and so like whoa like different conversation how do I process this you it, it forces something else out of you than just like standard Webster's dictionary stuff yeah I think it, I think it forces you out of that out of that it forces you out of that that kind of commonly held narrative of who you are and what your identity is right so if you can like a, an example that just came to me was, was when Jordan Peterson was on Theo Vaughn, you know, and I, I listened to mm -hmm. Theo Vaughn just because he's a funny guy. And then, he's you know, to great. have Jordan Peterson, to have, yeah. And, to, but to have Jordan Peterson, like actually laugh, like for the first time I, I've, I've seen him laugh so hard and just to have that ability to be able to allow someone to drop their facade and just see who is behind that mask and that identity you know yeah it's a, it's and you don't want to be forceful about it either and that's no, and no. that's the thing that's the thing we see if someone's masterful with it they're creating everything seems very normal you know there's not anything like what this person he has a fucking pry bar and he's trying to get beyond my facade like i'm putting my facade on tighter i don't trust it 
you know, but when someone can make you laugh or make you, it's like, wow, we're just hanging out. Like, oh, you have some whiskey. Oh, oh yeah, you know, whatever. You're like, oh, wow. I'm like, I, I feel safe. And then I can, I can start to really, uh, you know, start to be me, you know. You gotta watch out for for being too aggressive with everything. Like everything is a is an art form. There's an art and science to anything that you do. You know, so getting into the art and science of being able to create rapport with somebody quickly, um, it's cool. You know, it's all there's a whole process that exists in there. And most people that are really good at it don't realize that they do anything. They just happen to be really easy to be around. Yeah. They can be around anybody, you know, and they're just like, yeah, there's just something about that, that girl or guy that are just like, I feel comfortable, you know, but then if you, if you freeze framed or you, or you videotaped and examined the situation, you could put up a YouTube video and you say, Oh, look what the, the person did there. He, he kind of shaped his, his shoulders, to a similar position as a person. He kind of, oh, he mimicked their hand gestures. Oh, he changed the tone of their voice to maybe match that person a little bit. So they, they see that, oh, wow, this, this is like, I trust this person. It's like, we, we're almost like, we're on the same wavelength here. You know, and then from there, and that's like neurolinguistic programming kind of talk. You're, you're starting to be able to, to, to get on the same wavelength with that person. And then once you're, you're congruent, now we can start to guide it in another direction and we're, and we're latched. But if you're always operating of two different frequencies, you'll just never be able to get that, that latch point. It's kind of like an abstract perspective, but you know, I think you get it. I mean, but Aaron, it did you some degree of sense? I feel like so organically you kind of learn this, these things, or do you actually consciously use NLP techniques? It seems like it's no. gotta be, I'll get in my head if I'm thinking about all that stuff. Yeah, no, I love reading those books. Like I, I went through, I went through like a, a, a stage of wanting to read every type of book like that, that I could. And then like most books, like they are pretty much saying the same thing over and over again, which is great. It's all real stuff. Um, and then if you are at any point, like people are smart, people are intuitive, people can feel you. You know, and so just because a person hasn't put language to exactly what's happening in a social dynamic doesn't mean it doesn't make their sphincters kind of clench up when a person's using NLP tactics on them. You know, and so if you're consciously thinking about that, you're running two different tracks in yourself, you know, and so that's those two different tracks inherently, they're going to be incongruent. You're thinking, okay, do this. And then there's the you, like the you, you, and then there's these other layers that are happening. So with anything, again, come back to jujitsu, comes back to, to weightlifting, comes back to anything, you step back, you read, you learn, uh, you might naturally gather that from just by hanging out with people that are better than you at life. You know, if you put yourself around people that are like, man, you were just fucking better than me. Like, this is great. Like I can just be, I can naturally attune and mimic to you. You know, and I don't need to read any, but I just need to be with you. Like, that's all I need. Like, I'll shine your shoes, whatever I can do. Like, find a mentor, find people that are, that are smarter than you, ideally, you know, or more effective at whatever the thing is and just spend time with them because that's kind of the magic of human beings. Like, we're able to adapt to so many different circumstances and situations. You know, so I think that's going to be the most effective thing. You read all the books in the world, but if you're not with somebody that actually um, is compassionate, that actually is able to create rapport with people with ease, uh, the books will probably just weird you out. 
you know, so you gather that information, you can isolate it and see it's like, oh, wow, there's that thing. Yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're matching each other's tone of voice, for example, or matching each other's body language, for example. Like, oh, I, I can see it, crazy, you know, and then you, you, you naturally just practice that enough and enough and enough and enough until eventually it becomes something where it's, it's uh, what do they call it, unconscious competence? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the term for that? Yeah, so eventually you get to that point of unconscious competence with the thing, and now we're good. But in order to get to that point with most things, if you want to you change the software system that you're operating on, if you want to change any meaningful change in yourself, you have to first go into that point of being consciously incompetent. You know, and that's so many people, they feel that the necessity to be experts. You know, that's what you see right now in the world. Everybody's a social justice expert and a sociological expert. And like, it's like, it's like bitch, 12 hours go by and all of a sudden you're like, I know everything about the judicial system and the criminal justice system and, you know, like, like any racial inequality and slavery. And like you watched one documentary, you know, and you, and you watch six people's Instagram feeds and all of a sudden you're like impassioned with your opinion on a thing. Like, I think we all need to step back a little bit just in general you know, and have a little bit more humbleness and say, you know what, like, I, I don't know exactly what's going on right now, but I'm open to listen. I'm open to learn, you know, and I'd really like to be able to gather and hear from both sides and be able to have open dialogue. That's obviously separate than like NLP talk, but anyways. <laughs> well, I think right now is a great opportunity to practice control of yourself because everyone's emotions are out of control like you said, uh, half my friends are now civil rights experts after seeing some Instagram posts. <laughs> I and saw I, 13. Yeah. <laughs> and that's even, even bigger investment of a couple hours, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was big. It was a lot of time. But I think, yeah, yeah, just having conversations now and dealing with that, you know, fire that's kind of lighting people up and taking them out of, I guess, an authentic human to human connection because you're caught in the something bigger pulling you around whether it's a ideology or some or some talking points you just read uh yeah well you, you you've chosen your filter you know once you choose your filter you put the cap on helmets on you, you charge through and you knock walls down and if anybody challenges that that filter challenges that you know your perception your structure of the world uh your identity structure rather um typically people want to defend it that's why you know like the the bill maher religiosity movie where he's like going to different various different people in the south and whatnot and just asks asking very logical questions you know and very calm very easy just like yeah like tell me about this thing i'm like what about this like does that really make sense like i haven't really you know and just like shotgun comes out like boy get off my lawn you know you're questioning my identity structure you know, and, and as soon as that's the, that's the conversation, then it's like, okay, well, my only option really here is I think to respond with compassion, you know, and say like, okay, like, cool, like I'm off your lawn. You know, I mean, it's, I don't think that you're going to get a lot out from that person from by jamming your ideologies into them, you know, but if you can lead by example and say, okay, cool, guns pulled on me off my lawn, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to go across the street and make a difference in the neighborhood, you know, and I'm going to go across the street and say, oh, wow, now I look, I planted some trees and, you know, I did all of these good things, you know, and like, oh, the neighbors are starting to like me. And like, I'm like, 
I could run for mayor at this point. You know, that person with the gun, they slowly, after days or weeks or maybe even years, they start to lay the gun down and say, maybe that guy had some interesting questions. You know, maybe he had some interesting points. You know, but if we come for this combative place, I think it just gives each other a reason to, uh, a legitimate reason to, to bulk up defenses. You know, and, and before the, the wall was this high, and now instead of the solution being, maybe let's lower the wall and have a conversation, the solution is just like, we need to raise this fucking wall. You know, and, and that's, I think it's like, that gets into the dispute between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. You know, and if you post a thing about Martin Luther King and you're a white guy, it's like, oh boy, like watch out, you know, cause you're gonna, there's gonna be a shitstorm coming after you. And it's, well, he was assassinated and he didn't get everything done. And like, look, at, look what happened to him. It's like, dude, progress looks like a lot of different things. You know, because the man was killed, that doesn't mean there wasn't progress. It's, it's like if you, you know, this is getting into some, like three white guys having this conversation is really, really challenging and almost offensive. So I'm, I should, I should, I should pull back, I think. But, um, you know, I, I advocate peace, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the topics that I've, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm kind of toning down my social media use lately anyway, because it's kind of, idea. It's busy where I am. Farm. It's, I live on a farm, so it's season for you know full-on activity. So, but one of the things that I've kind of found amusing and interesting is this idea of spiritual bypassing. So now, mm-hmm. if you're actually maintaining your noble silence, or you're just sitting and mulling stuff through, dwelling on what's going on, checking in every now and then, reading a few posts, seeing what your mates are up to, um, or maybe even making a few posts about you know, peace and trying to bring the narrative back to a little bit more of a empathetic or sort of compassionate level in a way, not providing any solutions or telling anyone what to do or, but just providing a little bit of sort of calmness to a situation, then you're spiritually bypassing, you know, and you're full of shit, you know, and you end up in this loop again. And it's, it it kind of confuses me, you know, I'm a little bit distant from it because I'm, I'm in Europe, you know, and I'm a little bit, from a, looking at things from afar, but the whole sort of militarization of the way language is used is, is very interesting from, from a distant observer. You know, everything is about this fight and this struggle and this battle zone and everyone is sort of, you know what I mean? Weaponizing yeah. language, weaponizing their actions, silence as a weapon. You know, it's like this very militaristic language that I'm seeing and, and, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are about the way that we can sort of genuinely be compassionate in times like this. Yeah. Well, so the thing that I, I recently learned a new term called the, the Rosenthal effect or Pygmalion effect is the, the name of the term. And it's essentially what it, what it means is we paint each other with our stories in a sense. You know, so when you walk into a room and I see you, I already see you as being, oh, you're a, you're a criminal or you're a, a bigot or you're, a, you're this or you're that, you're an asshole. Ah. You know, you go into that room and you literally, it's like you're, you're fire hosing that person with your belief systems around them because you hold your own belief systems so tightly. You know, and so often I think we don't realize it's like, God, I am perpetuating the problem. 
You know, so if you can just create spaciousness, which is a practice that I certainly haven't sorted out entirely because I have my own biases all over the place. I'm like highly judgmental. I judge people all, all day long. I'm just like every person I walk by, I'll have some little story that will flicker by about the person. No, but so it's being able to, I think, step back and say, okay, I'm not, I'm not grasping that story with all my might. I'm saying, oh, there's a story. Like, oh, fuck. Okay, interesting. Like, I could be totally wrong. Here's a story that came up and there it is. That's great. You know, as opposed to me holding that, painting that person with that story, seeking out validation to reaffirm my belief about the person, and then probably irritating that person and drawing it out and then boom yep see they are a criminal they are an asshole or they are a jerk or they are a, a racist or they are a whatever you know and so it's I, I think that that's something that is an interesting thing it's just to one acknowledge that you have stories about everything including yourself and two i think it's great for people to be proven wrong with regularity you know, like don't hold your your ideologies and your belief system so closely and so i'm i'm very and that's something that i've been attempting to vocalize on on social media in particular is like i don't know you know and like that's a fine response like you don't need to know like you just need you don't need to do anything you could end your life right now if that's what's preferable like what there's no obligation for you to do anything um you know but what you what I feel, what feels the most productive, at least that like leads to the most, I don't know, the highest quantity of feel good neurochemistry in my brain, I guess, if that's something that I'm into, um, is just feeling like I'm making progress, you know, but if you start from that place, if I don't hold my belief systems too closely and I acknowledge that throughout historically, most of the things that I believed five years ago, I don't really fully believe now. You know, and in, like if I look back in history, even a year ago, six months ago, one month ago, yesterday, there's things that I was like, I think this is this is a thing, you know. And now, literally, because time is ex it's expedited now, you know. I think like a coronavirus week or a or a you know Black Lives Matter week is like dog years. It's like oh, that's like that's like seven weeks, you know. So everything happens, so much changes, you know. It's like damn, whatever I believe today, there's historically speaking, there's a high probability chance I will disagree with myself in a week, a month, a year, five years. And that's great. You know, so that's, I think, kind of the more that I'm getting, I, I don't know, I guess the more that I'm like breathing, um, the more I kind of acknowledge whatever I believe now, there's a really high probability chance I'm not going to believe it later. So maybe I should listen more, I guess. Yeah, I like to say if I if I could travel in time and get different versions of myself, they'd all be arguing about how yeah. the other was wrong and I was right. And maybe it's like, yeah. maybe I should be open to uh, the potential future me. And that's what I like about your, so you interview lots of different people and you stay very open with them. You, you're very curious, but I could tell at some points they might say something that you know maybe isn't accurate, and you just kind of like, okay, interesting. And you keep it going smooth. And mm. if we were having a drink, this is one of the things I'd want to ask you. You talk to people who are like pushing uh, the gut microbiome as an answer or light or parasites or breathing, cerebrospinal fluid or all these different things. Do you get jaded and like, 
oh, what's the next answer to all my all these problems, whether physical, yeah. spiritual, or mental? Or, oh, or do you just like, hey, these are all tools? And yeah, what's Both. your view on that? Both. Yes, and. Yeah, it's like that, like everything, like every, each person, the thing, I literally just got this really amazing heartfelt message from this girl that I was thinking about posting on the, on the podcast, actually saying that like, and she was like, I think she was in tears, actually. Uh, she's probably having a rough time in general, but she was essentially messaging saying how she's finding out, realizing now um, that all of these gurus and teachers and, you know, Instagram influence or whatever people that she had put on this pedestal and idolized, she's like, I'm starting to see that they're just flawed people. You know, and she's like, she's like, really, she's like, she's finding out Santa Claus isn't real kind of thing. It was, it was real. I mean, it was really super sweet, super heartfelt. And it was like challenging for her, you know, it was going through this really strong growth phase, I think, you know, and she was having like growing pains of sorts. Um, you know, and so to find out that these people that you've idolized, they don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like nobody really knows what the hell is going on. You know, and we're just all doing our best to figure this thing out. And, the, and the, the common tendency is for someone to have an experience. It impacts them in a way. And then they feel that that experience all of a sudden is a blanket experience for the rest of the world. You know, and just because your vegan diet worked for you or your carnivore diet worked for you or your gluten free thing or your breathitarian thing or your fasting thing or your whatever thing uh, worked for you. It doesn't even mean that it's going to work for everybody. I mean, this is, I think this is very obvious. Like this isn't, you almost like don't even need to say this. So I apologize. If I'm saying like just like unnecessary stuff, but um, you know, I, when I hear all of those things, I, I think what I'm, what's echoing in the back of my mind is just gratitude that this there's this functional spoke that exists and acknowledging that this spoke doesn't represent the wheel and even if this individual person that's really entwined into their individual spoke believes that that is the whole wheel there still might be value there and i'd still like to share their message because they've really deep dived into that spoke you know, so I'm like, wow, like, you know, the shit out of that spoke, you know, I don't know anything about any of these spokes like you do, like, damn, you know, because I think, I think my tendency, I'd, I'd like to think as I'm more of like a wheel person, um, which isn't better or worse. It's, I, I just think that that's been my tendency. I've been very agnostic with most things, including religion. And so my perspective of the way that I, you can almost, before an event manifests itself you can pretty much tell how each person will respond to it based off of their previous belief systems you know and so that's like like okay cool like i've just always been a, like a questioner you know and i'm like well i don't really mm, uh, mm. you know i'm always trying to when everyone's saying a thing my natural tendency is to be like hold on you know like what is the minority minority group in this situation saying and then if the minority group flip-flops and now it's the complete opposite side, I'd be like, hold on. Now we need to listen to this side because I feel like there's something that's getting missed here. You know, and so I, I, within those conversations, I think something that's a valuable thing that I think, again, through, I guess, having just more opportunities to, to be on earth, um, something that's one thing that has shifted 
was at one point I had more, a bit of like aversion to dogmatic religion. And whereas now, because I was like, you're too spoke based, you know, whereas now I'm kind of, I'm back more and I'm like, wow, you've gone deep on that spoke. You know, like, <laughs> let's have, let's have a cure time, you know, or let's go, let's like, I'm, I'm ready to, let's go to Catholic church and see like, what's, there's probably like, you've been doing this long enough that there's probably something here, you know, minus all the pedophilia and the repression and the bullshit. Those are like mutated cancerous cells. But underneath that is probably like a body that's doing its best to keep breathing, but that's being eaten by cancer. You know, but I don't think that the body is the cancer. I think that the cancer is the cancer. And the cancer typically is a product of repression and putting people in a position where they're afraid to speak whatever feels natural to them to speak because of cancel culture, which I'm experiencing right now, which is exciting. Um, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I had these belief systems. You know, I, I, it felt natural to say it. I'm too afraid to say it. I'll repress it. So now that turns into a, a, a dense dam inside of me. And now it just builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up until eventually it explodes. And then that explosion could look like all sorts of different things. And I mean, that's like the way that I see things, I guess. Yeah, I like that uh, That spoke um, analogy is kind of cool because it's, 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 it's kind of a psychedelic way of looking at life. I, I guess if the wheel is kind of the, you know, the wheel hasn't really been reinvented, right? It's like it's still it's still a damn wheel and it's still rolling. And if you're going to get that momentum, then the wheel, the wheel does roll. And like I guess the weakest kind of link in that whole wheel is the spokes, you know, and the the idea that everyone has their little identity based well, the upon the spokes are the weakest. The spokes are the weakest only when they're alone. When they're alone. So the oh, so the, the strength of the wheel is the spokes. Right. until you isolate them and there's a, some divisive movement where it's like this is the spoke like well you're fine. right yeah. but, but to continue <laughs> it's, tensegr that on, it's tensegrity of the body it all yeah, needs to connect that's right the interconnection and, and also bringing it even further down to the hub right because if the hub breaks then you're fucked right the wheel is fucked but the hub maybe is what we what we always return to in the end you know from the from the perspective of the heart right the heart as the as the hub of the wheel, if you like, if that, if, you, if I could use that kind of way of thinking yeah. about it, and you could, you can always extend those spokes in any direction, and they can bend and they can break, and they can kind of interact and immerse with each other. But the wheel is still a wheel, and it's based upon that, that heart, which is always kind of, you know, I'm kind of getting a little bit sort of out there now, but it always comes back. Like my idea that when we have these identities and we lose these identities, we we gain this new thing and we become someone else and we follow this guru or that, but it always comes back to that, that's that center, right? Yeah. It's like, but center is also, is that's all a, that's a spiritual mystical practices are. Yeah. yeah but they they all come back to the same thing was my point. I agree. And I think center would still be story based. And if you go to one culture, you know, they'll say, you know, where does your mind live? They're like, well, one people might be like, right, boom, this is mine. Yeah. You know, another person's be like, where's mine? But like, I think it's like in here. You know, another mine is like, I think it's my belly. And another <laughs> person where it's like pelvic floor for sure. Like Kundalini, you know, like that's like every, every different culture that you go to, 
And it's, it, it says a lot about you as a person that your center, your perceived center at the present moment is heart, you know, so that you could, like, extrapolate out, be like, okay, we could probably read a lot into your life and your, and your worldviews. You know, whereas another person say, well, it all comes back to the brain. It's all neurology. You know, it's all ones and zeros and it's bits and information and processing. And like, that's the captain, you know, like, okay, cool. Not wrong, not right. <clears throat> Spread out from that. Okay, cool. We can read a lot of it about into the way that that person navigates the world. The story, you know, and then yeah. you could go deeper into that and say, maybe the center isn't even me at all. I'm just like a, a, a skin flake on this larger organism. And the center has little to do with that individual skin flake. Maybe the center is like, maybe it's like one of the, the central chakras of, chakras of earth. Maybe it's Mount Shasta. You're like, yeah, that's right, Mount Shasta. You know, then you're like, okay, like you go from there. You can keep going out. You know, and eventually you go out far enough that it's just a bunch of empty space and there is no center. You know, and then there's probably something beyond that that I haven't been able to to, to grasp. But I, I, it's, it's like, I, I, once again, it like it all comes back to stories. I think tales. It it, it reminds me of the story. I, I hate to add another metaphor on top of this, but <laughs> That's fine. of of the uh, blind men and the elephant when each one is trying to describe what it is, and one says it's a long trunk like thing, the other one says yeah. it's like a tail, and they're all right, you know, and it's just a different perspective, and there's beauty in someone just going deep into isolating one piece and one function. I think that's cool too. But when you become against or think your truth is at a higher place than the others, I think that's where we can run into problems functionally. But yeah, as yeah. far as good or bad, the center might be everywhere, right? Maybe you can then, move the center. And then where you're starting to, like notice, I think, in just like the flow of conversation is you can get to a point where excessive, just pontificating over nonsensical intellectual mazes, you're just kind of wandering through this thing. It's like, well, now you're just spinning your wheels in intellectual bullshit, you know, and you're just as lost as the guy that's drinking a PBR and shooting glass bottles with a shotgun and you know, it would be easier to look down at that person and be like, man, look, it's like you're putting glass on the ground. Like, what are you doing, man? You know, just wasting bullets and all that energy and you're driving your big truck. You know, it's like, you're no better than that guy. You know, you spin around and that gets back into like spiritual bypassing. You know, it's like, no one's any better or worse. Like, I don't think anything is, I think everything just is. You know, if you draw back enough, it's like, is that bad or good? It's like, okay, well, you look inside of the, the body and you see like those white blood cells. If you went up close enough, you'd say, oh man, those natural killer cells, they're killers. It's terrible. You know, like, look at that poor pathogenic bacteria, whatever. Like, it's like, he didn't do anything. He was fine. You know, and it's like, it's attacking. You know, and you look at that, you're like, man, this is, this is terrible. You know, but then you draw back. It's like, oh, I, okay, now I, I see, I see. It's, it's actually a part of healing the larger organism. You know, and so once again, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I was saying before. I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels and, and, and you know, pontificating about nonsense. But um, what I'm trying to say, the initial point was sometimes it's good just to spit and laugh and maybe get in a fist fight and, you know, just be a fucking dude or a chick and not be so damn spiritual and intellectual and all that. Like, it's all good. It all balances it out. 
And you have all of those within you. So the tendency, the moment that you're like, I want to be this instead of this, the moment you create a fracture inside of yourself. So what feels more appropriate in my mind, which again, is just my own present story, um, but is to come into a place of acceptance of your isness. And then from there say, cool, let's fucking go sim park and like build, throw a roller coaster in and you know, whatever it may be, as opposed to starting your, your bedrock, your foundation. I don't want to be me. I want to be this. Now you start building your structure based off of something that had a, had a, an inherent crack in the very beginning. Yeah. So anyways, that's again, not responding to anything. I'm just kind of talking. That that's a skill in itself, though, and and that's what's going back. <laughs> that's like when the pod. I was just telling Tom, like, we'll have like the podcast or whatever. You know, it's being recorded. You see the light on, and it automatically goes like high intellectual philosophical talk, and then it ends yeah. and it's back to like ah, it goes to the good stuff, right? The flow, and you're like ah, just normal shit. I think that's I think that's amateur stuff, you know. And that's the thing is you start. So you, you start off, you learn, which once again, I have so much respect for comedians. I'm not funny. Like, I'm not, like when you're around in a room full of like professional comedians, that's like, they're like world-class, like they do funny. I realize I'm just like, I just need to stand back and just watch you guys do funny because this is cool. Like this is a, like, you guys are samurais with manipulating ideas in the world into and spitting it out into something that's interesting and funny you know and so uh yeah i think that the 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 base level would be maybe there's no base level it's just different levels but the level that i i kind of find a little bit more tedious to listen to is where it's a, a couple white guys just trying to balance fancy smart ideas and kind of intellectually like whacking each other off i'm just like come on guys you got, you can, let's lighten this up a little bit. Nothing against white guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not racist. (laughs) But but in a way, in in a way it becomes kind of, kind of boring. Like a lot of the stuff that we do, you know, we train people and we talk about this and write about this and, but in a way it's kind of, it's kind of boring. And I mean, DJ, you know, when we're talking, we, we don't talk about that stuff because not because it's not important, but because it's just, not interesting and it's just not part of stuff that really excites us and stuff that really excites us is about that sort of that mysterious space of what the fuck happens when we you know when we spin those wheels of our of our daily experience and 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 you know what i mean and Mm. and that for me that's kind of i don't know maybe it's a direction that i've been heading in the last i don't know how many years but i don't know i was going to ask you aaron is there a is there a point in your kind of work and your practice and your research that you sort of just, you know, let down those sort of veils of, you know, I'm the guy who just knows about a lot of fucking, you know, health practices and I just want to kind of just experience life and just talk to people and just, you know, talk about that instead. Yeah. Is there, has there been a point where, where that sort of come, come up for you? I, th- I think having the veils. So I still have some degree of veils and it's all for the most part out of insecurity and feeling like maybe I don't have enough answers and maybe I don't, maybe I'm not strong enough or flexible enough or fucking yoga E enough or weightlifting E enough or whatever. Um, you know, and so 
those tendencies will lead to a sensation of wanting to, to put up defenses. Um, and it's, I feel like it's been interesting. I'm very grateful for all of the uh, seemingly terrible catastrophes that have, or crises that have been happening. Um, in part, because I think it's been an interesting, and again, that's a very, I, I don't feel excited for the people that are really suffering, you know, and that's like, that's, that's, that's a challenging part of this, but speaking purely individually and just my experience, um, I feel grateful that it has shaken the snow globe up a bit, even if, you know, I get annoyed by people walking around in a park and, you know, protecting themselves from each other and putting their doo-doo rag handkerchiefs over their face and look oh, like I'm like those things bother me for some reason you know um but that's my own shit I need to get over that I need to work with that uh, but what I'm grateful for is that it's before these crises spawned um I feel like my trajectory was just more how do I get more money more book purchases more social media followers more it was just like there's just more you know and and now i'm kind of just like i don't even know if i give a shit about any of this you know so i'm i feel like i'm way more human i'm like part of me like i don't do i care about the podcast do i even care about my book do i care about like like what do i care about you know and so i think that that's been a really nice um reframe you know so i feel the veils, I think, are, are typically a product of insecurity. And then um, also just in general, like just being too comfortable for too long. I think you don't realize that the veils are up and you think that the veils become like, are you, you know? And so then something stirs it up. It's like, no, like the veils got burnt. <laughs> like you don't have any other option because now you just have these tattered, frayed pieces of fabric that's like, they don't look good anymore. And so I feel I mean, that's a bit of a stretch of analogy, but I, I, I guess I would say is I, I feel grateful for all of this stuff because I think it's, it's kind of uh, caused some of the veils to, for me at least, to at least be re-examined. You know, so I think yes is my answer. What was the question, Tom? <laughs> yeah. I, <don't> know. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. <laughs> Uh, but we need that that, we need to get shaken up man you know you don't want to be too comfortable for too long and i think also talking about those vulnerabilities and those veils i mean no matter who we are right because we all have that like it's a human a human characteristic that we we all share right it's not something that it's only certain people have have these vulnerabilities or these anxieties or these stresses they're these sort of these primary sort of sensibilities that we can all we can all relate to when we talk about them, you know, if we can just talk yeah. about them in kind of genuine ways that, you know, fuck, I'm, I used to be doing this thing and people used to call me this and I used to be looking like that or good at that, but fuck now, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not who I was then, you know, or who my yeah. identity told me I was then. And I'm just fucking trying to work it out now, you know, and I've got other shit yeah. that's fucking coming up now, you know, and, and to and be honest and humble about that. Typically people think that other people have veils and you don't. And that just means you're more confused than other people. You know, so when you are like looking around of like, look at that chick with her fake tits and her Botox and driving the car and she's, ah, she's, she's not happy. 
you know, she's doing all this stuff just to, just to kind of cover up some deep hole or whatever. And it's like, and then you look at yourself and you're like, look at me, you know, I have wear stretchy pants and I have crystals, you know, and I meditate. You're like, dude, you're the same fucking person. You're going through, you're going, it's like each person has their own individual flavor or version of veils happening. I think that the sooner that you can look at somebody and some people, I think their, their veils might be much more, you know, girthier than others, you know, and, but what that is an indication, if a person has high girth veils, it's an indication that there's deeper insecurity and perhaps pain behind that, which for any person that gives a damn, that's actually an indication that that person doesn't need to be shat upon. It means that they need to be supported. You know, so the person that, you know, like middle-aged white men have by far the highest incidence of suicide. Fuck white men. You know, it's like, I, like it seems like they're kind of suffering actually. Like these people with all this money and all this stuff and the cars and they have a chokehold on that. It's like, why do they kill themselves? You know, so I think that there's, there's deeper questions to be asked with every situation. You know, things like, you know, like the Paul Arden book, whatever you think, think the opposite. I think it's a good practice to get in the habit of like, whatever you think, do your damnedest to find any open threads and see if you can pull on those seams and see if that, that fabric isn't quite as strong as you thought. Because what you'll find very often um, at least in my limited experience of, of, of life is like, if you do pull on them enough, very often that fabric that you thought was so strong will, will completely fall apart. And so that's the, the chick with the tits and the, and the car and the, you know, the, the heavy credit card and all the, all the stuff. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's just happy. It doesn't necessarily mean that she has the world by the balls and she's like killing the game. It could mean that she has really deep, vacancies that she's trying to fill with anything that she possibly can and it also could mean that she really does have her shit together and she is like a spiritual guru person that's totally at peace and she's just navigating this game more effectively than you you know it's 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 never just this is this it's always okay here's a now that spits out into all of these spokes that we talked about before i think that I've had some pretty girthy veils um, <laughs> in my life, and I feel like me too. One of the <laughs> one of the things that it kind of breaks through them or exposes them is, um, you know, big crises you're in, uh, you know, near death experiences, psychedelics. Uh, they just make you zoom out and have perspective, and then you're like, oh, maybe this girthy veil that I was holding on to, maybe I have the freedom or the choice to let it go have you had anything in your life that's given you or a practice that's given you that perspective or that you implement in your life i don't think so i mean maybe i think just consistency i think just like hmm. yeah i don't think i have a sp any specific thing i think just essentially like what this conversation has been happen to have been about in large part, I think is, I think is the primary thing is just not taking anything overly seriously, but also taking it seriously enough, you know, cause you don't want to be completely like jester side where it's just all like, la la la, like it's not all just like, sometimes you really need to give a shit, you know? And so I think it's just 
for me, yeah, I don't have any uh, specific tools other than perhaps certain things like looking at people and actually intentionally um, giving a shit. You know, I think that like, you, like all of those things are, are practice, like everything's habitual. You know, so when you're, when I'm in a, in a grocery store, checkout line or coffee shop or whatever, I'll like typically, hopefully not in like a creepy way, you know, but I'll like typically like make eye contact with the person and like really ask, you know, like, how are you doing? You know, like be open in that moment, have like a portal of something meaningful with that person. You know, it could be a homeless person. It could be a wealthy person. It could be a black person. It could be a white person. It could be just anybody, just like a being. Um, you know, I think it could go beyond humans. It could be a tree. It could be a dog. You know, just have a moment and say like, ah, like I'm, I'm here with you. You know, and I, I think that doing that with regularity, it really does build some type of, of like, I don't know, compassion, empathy, uh, gratitude muscle or something, you know, and I think the more that you can build that throughout your life, probably the better life you're going to have, you know, step back and, and acknowledge how grateful you are for fucking everything, you know, and, and try and see if you can reframe because you might be in a habitual practice of finding everything to be a pain in the ass and feeling like you don't have enough time and feeling like you're too fat and feeling like you're too skinny and feeling like you're too weak and feeling like you're too, poor and your car is too slow or your you know whatever i think that all of those is just habitual practices it's like the sooner a person can step back and kind of just begin the process of self-examination um that's gonna be really helpful and then a simple thing is just to like give a shit with the next person that you see like do like actually be intentional with like okay i'm gonna like give a shit about this interaction you know and then you know that doesn't mean you need to talk to somebody for 30 minutes it could be a second it can be five seconds but just give a shit for that five seconds and then that starts to build momentum i think that's a very like spiritual tony robbins response but yeah, I, I feel like that's that's the best i got well it's not really because you you live that from what i've seen you uh, we talked about how you set up your environment for your guests but your life is set up you know i, I could see it in the background right here you have mm. you know the floor culture, you have your, your practice with breathing and ice baths and sauna. And I'm sure you have other practices that are just consistently part of your life. It's, you know, it reminds me of the Katie Bowman, like you are shaped by your environment and we have yeah. the freedom to control our environment or our zoo or whatever we're in, in this city. And I see yeah. you take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. and I mean, I, that's so, kind so of I what tried. your align method sorry your, your book that's one of the messages i got from reading it was you know align your life or how you carry yourself through your life and it yeah. will it will produce these things yeah you, be, you become the, the, the shape of your thoughts you know that's the more abstract but then you very literally become the shape of your car seat your house you know your couch your work you know, and all of that stuff. And then all that stuff, because your physical body spills into the way that you think and feel and perceive and all that stuff, it's literally shaping your perception. You know, so when, when working with somebody, if you're doing, you know, say physical therapy or manual therapy or chiropractic or talk therapy or any kind of like, we're working on 
the, the structure of this being. Um, typically, I mean, it's very common for people that are maybe undergoing, like I do, uh, or I went to school for rolfing and some, some other different types of manual therapy practices and working with people, super, super common that you just did physical stuff, physical interventions with them. And all of a sudden they start feeling different. You know, maybe they start feeling more confident. Maybe they start feeling more uh, generous. Maybe they start feeling like they can start speaking their mind. Like, like typically I would just like close up and feel kind of this like contraction in my throat and just like, Oh, not say it. But because my, you know, my shoulders are kind of back and I open up this new length in my neck and my throat and, you know, around my cranium, I have like spaciousness in my head. Um, all of a sudden when the time comes that like, there's something that's, that feels like it's got to, I got to speak this, that pathway is whoop, just opened up and then, oh, now we've, I've changed the dynamic of the way that I communicate. I've changed the dynamic of my relationship with my boss or my spouse or whatever. And now all of a sudden there's this feedback loop that happens with them to say, oh, okay, you're the type of person that speaks up for yourself. Okay, I guess I'll treat you differently. You know, and so now you get, wow, that's changed everything. Then it's like, then you get back and maybe you got a raise now. Like, wow, now I'm making some more money. And you know, I get back and I'm like, you know what? Like my old self felt like, you know, I was more of like a kind of a black curtain type person and kind of like a stuffy old shitty used couch type person and all that. But like my new self feels like I'm going to open this room up a little bit. Maybe I'm going to knock this wall down. I'm just going to put a big open window or some French doors in. Like I like this spaciousness. I deserve it. And now, okay, cool. You open the door up and you change the furniture up. Maybe you, maybe you sit on the ground and you're mobilizing your hips and doing all that shit that I recommend. Um, you know, and then somebody comes into your house, you have a date with somebody and one, you had the belief that you could connect with this person that before was out of your league, but now you're getting into this feedback loop of like, no, I'm worth, I'm worth something more. I think then that person comes over to your house and they say, wow, this place is great. This feels good. This feels open, man. I love this. this is, I could, I could like live here. You're like, wow. Now all of a sudden I'm living with this person that previously was out of my league but now they came into my environment and they're like wow this feels great like this feels like me and you've literally up leveled your whole world and it started with a single spoke or seed of maybe seeing some manual therapist person that helped like open up space around your trachea or something it's just things work in interesting ways you know? yeah that kind of makes me think about the way that society in a way is kind of set up to provide us with this very disembodied experience. You know, people are, people are literally not in communication and relationship with their bodies sort of on an everyday level, you know, and just to, just to, you know, even like your living room, I can see there that floor, the idea of having a, a living room free from a, a sofa, you know, or a couple of lounge chairs, yeah. you just, you have to sit on the floor and you have to kind of, immediately you have to kind of come into contact with your body. You know, what's my body telling me, you know, Oh shit, I'm really stiff in my hip or I can't sit down even or I, you know, I, and it gives us, it gives us a way to sort of bring, bring that language of, of the body to sort of override that way. We intellectualize the, the sort of society that we live in. And yeah, I really like that about your work and the way you, you talk about movement 
based sort of uh, questions, the way that we, we talk to people about maybe people who are not so connected to their bodies. It's easier to sort of, I think, talk about their, the way they interact with the environment and then we can feed in the movement on top of that, right? Yeah, and I think it's also, I just don't like talking to only one type of church. Like I'd, I'd, I'd really, I enjoy being able to talk to different groups of people I think they're all cool like every group like mm. the NRA or the you know the whatever like I'm like cool like I'd love to go in and just talk and connect and see what's going on and maybe these people don't give a crap about their body you know but they really care about their mind maybe these people don't really give a crap about like smart stuff but they really they want to sell houses you know and so they want to figure out I want to communicate as like well guess what you need your body to sell houses you know if you want to be an effective salesperson you sell with your body you sell with the tone of your voice. You sell with the pacing of your language. You sell with, you know, your physical gestures. You see, like all of that stuff, you know. And so, I enjoy the challenge, I guess, at, at bridging different gaps between just be like I started off doing personal training. That was like my first job, first like paid taxes job 16 years ago. And that was like worked at LA fitness and was working with clients, getting them abs and muscles. And like, that was the thing. And at the time that was like what my toolbox consisted of. It's like, okay, I can get you abs and, you know, change your BMI, you know, and that was, that was cool. It's a great tool. It's like a single tool, you know, and then eventually with time you say like, cool, now while I'm having these conversations with people, you know, we're learning about like their relationships or we're learning about, their outlook on the world and their goal setting beyond just physical stuff, you know, and once you, all that matters with the, the, I think the, the human experience is that you just choose to open a door. You only need to open doors, just open a door. You know, and once you open a door from there, then it's like, okay, cool. Well, now there's, it starts to open up. The house starts to open up. And then eventually I connect over to here, like the story I, you know, I just, made up of the you know the the chick that got some work around her neck and shoulders and throat and whatnot and started speaking her mind and all of a sudden got a different couch and got a different boyfriend and got a raise and all that stuff it's like she opened a door and she went in and she was interested about starting some process of working with this maybe what one would consider to be a burden i have this dang neck ache you know my neck hurts and you're like well one way to perceive things would be like, oh, like, woe is you, that sucks, I hate neck, neck aches. Another way to look at it is like, because you had that neck ache, it caused you to see that therapist, which was the catalyst to change your whole life. Like, what if you didn't have that neck ache? That would be shit. So I think it's like, it's like being able to, to navigate things, I guess in, in response to what you, you mentioned, like I, I enjoy the process of making seemingly disparate connections between yeah. stuff starting off with like the physical body because that's the only thing that I'm, i think i'm really like if i have any salt worth or whatever it would probably be more of like a physical conversation um but i'm enjoying extending my salt into like the mind body conversation that's like the, that's like the big challenge for me do you think that's, that's like a, a good... natural progression for a lot of these kind of movement um these these young young yeah, cats everybody into, into the game, you know there's very few people that start off that are just purely physical and don't veer into something that's, that's yeah. deeper than that. It's, it's like almost an oddity for that to not happen. Yeah. We don't want to completely lose the physical though. Then DJ's, uh, out no. of work, you know, cause DJ's he's still, still just about the, well, if you, lose about the, the if you lose the physical, then you lose the mental. 
they're the same thing. You know, like it's not, I'm not mm. saying that one's, it's like, it's literally, it's just, it's the same house, you know? And so there's, I mean, there's endless quotes from different like Thomas Jefferson's and people like that of the world that, you know, you need to strengthen your mind in order to strengthen your body. I'm not even paraphrasing. I'm just saying something completely different than what he said. Just, he has some specific quote that I read last night. It's in Awakening the Tiger by Peter Levine. Um, I forget what, what, how it went. I mean, I could probably butcher it right now, but anyways, um, you know, but all the smart people have said something along those lines of it's, you know, it's two ends of the same cord. You know, so you can get all hot and bothered about this end and say it's all muscles and pull-ups and bending bars or going muscle-ups or whatever. Um, but in reality, and that just because a person has muscles and has strength doesn't mean they're a good person. Those muscles could be an outward symptom of compensation. And so they could be physically bypassing. So instead of spiritually bypassing, they're physically bypassing. And now you see a mutation of strength. Mm. But underneath all of that, there's actually a, a place of feeling really deeply vulnerable. You know, so just because a person's strong and in like good shape uh, from an exterior perspective doesn't mean they have their life together. It could just mean that they're masterfully compensating. Oh, I'm so thankful for all the shame and insecurity that got me uh, <laughs> this armor of muscle around my heart. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I can come back and have gratitude for everything. There's nothing in my, my life to date that I feel, you know, like injuries and, you know, all sorts of weird, weird random things that at one point, you always have the choice to say like, woe is me, my life sucks. Or, wow, look at all these lessons. Like, it's, it's, it's like you literally have like the remote control in your hand. You just don't realize it. And so the moment that you consciously make a decision to take yourself out of that, that habitual rut that you've dug yourself into of saying, oh, man, I'm a victim for this reason. Or, oh, man, they're really hard on me. Or, oh, man, this, this is just oh, yeah. hard. This I'm, like, I'm like, that's fine. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to spend time with that person, really. You know, unless it's like, I really care about them. You know, and I, you know, but, but when someone's, if someone's not willing to hear a message of, by the way, all of these terrible things that have happened, um, seemingly terrible, have been opportunities in some capacity, you know, is it, until a, maybe someone doesn't want to hear that right now, and that's fully fine, you know, but at some point as the person heals, um, probably that's going to be the perception that they have because that's an indication that they've healed you know but it's i don't i don't feel the need to push anybody or push any ideas or anything on anybody if someone wants to say the life sucks fuck you i'm like yeah i'm with you fucking life sucks you know I, I'm like i i don't i don't need i don't feel the need to to shape anybody's world you know so maybe somebody needs to go deeper into life sucks and maybe that's like exactly what they need it's like yeah like fuck this place i'm like yeah fuck this place man embrace <laughs> that rage yeah because it's not all yeah. it's not all about wellness like wellness gets hijacked by this idea that there's some sort of pyramid there's some sort of hierarchy that we're all sort of ascending this sort of this sort of mountain towards this ultimate wellness well that's bullshit you know once you once you sometimes get deep into that 
that dark side, you know, it's, it's not easy, but that's when often you get that sense of aliveness, you know, and it's experience. It's all part of the experience, who we are, you know, is, is, you know, it's just, I don't know, wellness for me is a kind of a, you know, that's, there's a lot of bypass, I guess, in, 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 in certain communities that have this illusion that there's some sort of wellness that we should all strive towards, you know, but they, they miss out this part that hurt, and suffering and vulnerability and pain and insecurity and you know not fucking knowing what what to do that's part of the whole game as well right yeah 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 i just i don't have any i i can't concern myself with other people's programs you know all, all i can do because i i also don't think that my programs are all right you know so all i can do is just kind of stand back and allow people to run their programs while i run my programs and do the best I possibly can to lead by example and follow by example and walk beside by example, you know? And so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I've like kind of began to relinquish the urge to get people to think the way that I do, because, you know, like I said, like, I think that my thought is in process, like at my, everything to me, it's all in process, you know? And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to change anybody. Aaron's living in the Dow. Ah! <laughs> he is, man. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, another question. I, I, another curious thing, if I told myself I'd ask if I'd talk to you, is oh. you, your, your brotherhood, the people you surround yourself, are some pretty... Um, pretty interesting cool people Aubrey Marcus um it, that whole gang what what is that like what have you taken from them or learned from being around this this group of men I think that probably a similar thing as the the girl that sent me a message uh today saying about like how you're you know I thought that I had these like heroes and these gurus and whatnot and then you get deeper more deeply entwined with people you begin to love and care about and you see that wow like we're all the same stuff you know we're all hurt and we're all shameful and we're all proud and we're all strong and we're all smart and we're all stupid you know and so that's something that i've learned beyond just like friend groups um like hosting the podcast that's been something where now i'm i'm way less pedestalizing of people i guess you know so for the most part like i've i've there's there's still some who would be an example it'd probably be mostly dead people that i would pedestalize but even still you know i know that that's like silly um but with most folks that i've i've thought you know i had up in this high place from back before it's a really healthy thing you know, it's, it's literally, it's like starting to come into a relationship with your parents and, and acknowledge them as being humans. Yeah. I think that that's like, I, that's one thing that I, I would hope for anybody to experience in their life is to kind of move up through the world and whatever, such a way that you, you, you're able to come to that a point of uh, really seeing everybody as just a, a human being with all of the neuroses and insecurities and and you know all of the strength and you know power and all that stuff all wrapped up into one 
Yeah, so that would probably be that'd really be a thing. You know what I was just thinking right now? I feel like we didn't even need to bring up psychedelics because this was like a psychedelic conversation. Yeah, very like yeah. it just <laughs> Aaron, you have the ability just to just like drop you in, drop you in, oh, and that's wow. yeah. I I love people like that. I love talking to people like that. So thank you. Well, you got to watch out for for overly psychedelic people sometimes because there's you know there's a Carl Jung has a quote where he says, uh, "Beware of knowledge unearned," you know. And so I think sometimes people just because someone ate a bunch of ayahuasca in Peru doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm like. Oh, like wow like you've seen god um that just means that oh probably for a, a span of time a window opened up and uh you got to very likely see some th things that we all have access to in different ways you know but just because a, an image is is painted across a wall for you doesn't in my mind necessarily mean that you've walked the path and done the work to understand actually how to become that image you know or become united with that image and so i'm 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 enamored by psychedelic people or enamored by people that don't even know what psychedelic means or entheogen or whatever i'm much more interested like life is a psychedelic there's no way yeah. around it you know like you think like wow i had these crazy dreams last night you know and i was i was riding a dolphin and i became donald trump you know he ended up pegging me or whatever you're like whoa that's a crazy dream you know and then you wake up the next day and you're like by the way the whole world's on house arrest you know and there's a riot down the street and there's people swinging hammers around and then there's other people love peace protest whatever and then you know then you got national guard and then you got you know the president of the united states tear gassing people so he can take a picture with a bible while he holds it up like it's some like foreign diseased object you know, it's like, it's like, that's a fucking dream, man. Like we're in a, we're like the difference between waking state, dream state, psychedelic state, it's all just a mesh. Yeah. yeah how I, I def a, Oh, sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, no. I just had a thought the other day, actually, that, that the idea of going to sleep at night, do we actually wake up when we go to sleep? Cause I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, that, when when you go to sleep, you don't really have kind of control over your attachments or your story. To it's just like bring it on, you know. And it's like holy shit. I mean, I love sleeping. You know, I just I love that little moment, that little practice that I have just before sleeping. You know, just dropping into that that zone, you know. And, and sometimes I think, oh, you wake up and you think, fuck. Sometimes you know, of course, I'm happy to wake up and do my shit. But sometimes I'm a little bit kind of like, oh, fuck. It's like a bit of an anticlimax because then I gotta I gotta put my cloak back on, right? Go out and tend to the animals or do my chores or whatever you know it's like this the identities come back when i wake up so maybe that's the dream and the illusion and then we fucking we get to sleep we well you don't have to, to you choose you you choose to yeah. right right so that's mm. again like little subtle little things like that i think matter yeah and so oh i have to get oh man i have to go to work it's like no bitch you have a job that's awesome yeah, yeah you know yeah. Oh, i have to go for a run it's like no bitch you have legs that's sweet yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying that to you, but just in, in general, like little language tidbits, I think are meaningful. Yeah. 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 But it's, I think it's cool just those play with the imagination and the way that we, that we perceive reality as well. And again, like back to, oh, yeah. back to what DJ just said, we don't have to be in the dose state for that. We don't have to dose up and be, be down in Peru. And, you know, we can actually just play with that right now. You know, yeah, the, the, like the, the, 
meaningful guru character, one probably wouldn't realize that they are a guru or certainly wouldn't claim it. And then also doesn't probably need much in the way of, of extra entheogenic support. You know, that's not to say that, that, that psychedelics aren't, I think psychedelics are awesome uh, for the most part. It's not for everybody um, in that moment. Um, but, you know, ideally the goal would be getting to a point where it's like, no, I'm like, I'm cruising along in such a way that I don't, I don't need any, any potentially violent pattern interrupts in the form of like, you know, wigging out on a big handful of mushrooms or something. Not to say that all of that would be violent. It could be just pure love and sweet and all that stuff, but it could be a lot of things. I, I don't need the pattern interrupt. My patterns is pretty clear. You know, so how do you how do you cultivate that pattern? Probably things like we've already mentioned before. Have some fucking compassion. Somebody wants to kill you. Maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe that's a lesson. Maybe that's that's like a, your guru in drag, as Ramdas says, and they're there to teach you a lesson. They say, can you love that person? You know, maybe you need to kill that person out of love. Maybe you need to pin that person and choke them down and fucking you know whatever. And that's you're doing that through a place of compassion. So if you can be in that place, it's not to say that violence is wrong or that peace is right or that meditation is this or whatever. It's just, can you come, can you move through the world in such a way that, you know, Byron Katie told me that, uh, I think she said something along the lines of like, if it's, what did she say? Something like, like, is it kind? That's what it was. I didn't say joy, but is it kind? So that if it's kind, it's, 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 it's correct. And so how can you start to integrate as pack your life with as much kindness as you can, you know, and that includes your enemies and that's where it starts to get really challenging. It's easy to be kind to like, you know, your neighbor that just baked you cookies or something like I'm kind is like, what about the person that's stealing from you? You know, what about the person that, that, that wants to harm you? Like, are you able to navigate that? Cause that's where the work is. You being sweet to all your Kirtan friends or whatever. And, you know, being spiritual in a podcast or something like that. Like that's, come on. You know, when shit actually is challenging and you're really, your feathers are really getting ruffled. Okay. You're finally exercising. I, I like that. I like that. Cause it's my definition of like, we, we say psychedelic and I think the chemicals are just a tool to influence that. But like you said, life has this built in everywhere conversations you have struggles opportunities for growth and just moments that kind of drop you in and make you aware I, I think they're everywhere and I think cultivating practices and compassion and things that allow more of it or to realize more of it that's already there is mm. it's kind of what you're alluding to just like this mm. conversation mm. I hope so yeah we can we can just experience we can just experience life and relate to it, right? I mean, that's what we can do. We can choose to do that with kindness or we can choose to be a dickhead. I mean, for me, it's kind of simple like that. You know, I'm sure there's probably people who get a bit more philosophical or a bit more political about it, but you know, you can, you can be kind or you can be a fuckwit, you know, and you can make that decision on a day by day basis. And I think everyone can kind of look in the mirror and ask themselves, you know, have I been kind today? And if I should, if I should go out tonight, you know, have I been kind today to, to the best of my abilities, you know, and that could yeah. be a very, just a small gesture. Yeah. And also kind to yourself. 
that's a big thing too. On that note, Aaron, we did an hour and a half. Thank you so much. That was awesome to finally get to talk to you, man. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I so greatly appreciate the stuff that you do. I really, I, I like you're an inspirational character. So I appreciate you shining your light in the world. It's it's interesting that the things that we uh, don't realize the influences and the impacts that we're having on people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's it's a good thing as far as like kindness to self to have a moment, step back and acknowledge like I'm, I've, you know, you have impacted people in a, in a really positive way. Um, and I, I acknowledge that. I appreciate that. So thanks for doing it. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Uh, so your website, alignpodcast.com. Uh, mm. You got the Align Band on there, which is cool. I got one of those in the gym. And oh, the Align that. Method book is out. Align Method book is out. Yeah, that's my... my uh, my pride and joy. Now I'm, I'm moving into other things, the Align Method online program and and all that. But yeah, the Align Method book is a great place to start. And then the podcast, obviously people made it this far. They're probably into audio information. So that exists as well. And the, and the books on, on Audible, of course. Yeah, your podcast is probably by, it's always in my top five. It's cool. Like I, I said, your, your style, it's it's good. And I'm, I learn as we're doing a podcast, yeah, it's good to learn from someone who's uh, competent. <laughs> yeah, I try to sh- I try to shut the hell up a lot more in the podcast. So that's my that's my my goal with the podcast is like do less. <laughs> you know? Like you've got great ingredients. These people are awesome. Just shut up. <laughs> Just hit record. Yeah. All right, brother. I'm gonna go. Cool. Thank Thanks. you guys. Thanks, I appreciate Thanks. it. All right. See you guys. Bye.